Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Bridgewater Church. It is great to see all of you this morning. I'm so glad that we're able to share this Christmas season together online. And we're in a countdown for Christmas. And I wonder if any of you are like me. You love Charlie Brown. I put it on my checklist every year to make sure that I watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. And it's, it's always interesting to me when I think about the ridicule that Charlie Brown went through when he was tasked to get a Christmas tree and he brought back a little, what we now call, is a sick little Charlie Brown tree. I love that part of the show. And there was a moment when Lucy gave Charlie Brown wisdom, of course. She said, look, Charlie, let's face it. We all know that Christmas is a big commercial racket. It's run by a big Eastern syndicate, you know. You and I both know that Christmas has become so big and, and bold. It's got a lot of commercial in it. And there are so many lights, decorations, gifts, food. All the components that we think about when we're Uh, talking about Christmas and this incredible season. But I want to remind you that that first Christmas, all it had was a shining star, a stable, and a silent night. That was the backdrop for the birth of Jesus, the Son of God, to be born. We're in this series called I Love Christmas Because. And As we begin today's message, I want you to think about this phrase. I love Christmas because God prepares. And the word that I want you to focus on today is hope. Say that with me as you're listening this morning. Hope. I love Christmas because God prepares hope. Regardless of all the the things that we may see around us, all of the elaborate decorations, all of the things that we feel pressured to accomplish by December 25th, I want you to think about the simplicity of that first Christmas when Jesus was born. And we're going to join Mary and Joseph on their journey to Bethlehem this morning as God prepares hope for this young couple and for the entire world. Let's get started in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Here's the first insight I want us to wrap our minds around. God prepares hope to illuminate dark paths. 
The census in Luke 2 was primarily for the purpose of taxation. It was mandatory that Joseph go to Bethlehem. Everyone had to return to the town of their ancestral origin. I think that's incredibly interesting. Can you imagine if we were all told to go back to our towns of our heritage? I was actually born in Michigan City, Indiana, but if we were going back to the roots of my parents, I would end up in Alabama this Christmas. Well, for Mary and Joseph, they were actually fulfilling a prophecy in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. We read these words from the Old Testament. But you, Bethlehem, Epirteth, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Now just think about it. It doesn't take long before we see that there was a problem emerging. Here's a young couple who is tasked to go to Bethlehem when Mary is so far along in her pregnancy. I mean, it would have been grueling. It was a 70 to 80 mile trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It would have taken three to four days. And I have questions. Like, where was Mary and Joseph's family in all of this? Why didn't they get more help? We know that they didn't have much to, to depend on, no real income. They're just starting out. This whole idea that they even could afford a donkey isn't in our Christmas story. Now, this was a young couple who had very little. They didn't have much means, and there weren't many alternatives for them. So what in the world was God doing as he made this couple uh, move along in such a difficult journey? That's this first insight. I love Christmas because God prepares hope to illuminate dark paths. I was thinking about a time when I was a teenager, and I was in Boy Scouts, and troops came from all over the Middle Tennessee area, and we went to one specific cave where we were going to do some spelunking and move into a very dark cavern where we all spent the night. It's, it was an unforgettable experience. But what I didn't realize was how difficult that trek would be. In fact, I wanted to give you an idea, and so I found this incredible picture of Kevin Chase. He was at Bookworm Alley at Rushmore Cave in South Dakota. Believe it or not, that's exactly where I found myself as a teenager, end to end, one Boy Scout after another, crawling on our bellies through a cave when suddenly one of the scoutmasters up ahead, who was a large man, he got stuck. He got stuck and, and there was a panic going on. We laid on our bellies in this small contained area for over an hour before they could move 
the scoutmaster through and keep us moving. All we had was this carbide light on top of our helmets, and we laid there basically wondering what would happen next. When I think about that image in my mind, I have to think about Mary and Joseph because they were on a dark path. It seemed like all the details were, were just mixed up. Things weren't falling into place. They had no idea what was next. Maybe that's you. It's hard to cling to hope when we feel like the darkness is closing in around us. Maybe that's actually what's happened to you this last year. Over the months, maybe you have had moments where darkness has really closed in on you. And then the holidays come around and you feel that sense of hopelessness. All I can do is think of Mary and Joseph and what God's promises were to them. Think about Luke 128, where the angel had said to Mary, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. It was a, it was a preparation time of hope. And think about what Joseph heard. In Matthew 1, 22 through 21, Joseph, son of David, he heard from an angel of the Lord, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Oh, listen, folks, you may feel like there's a darkness around us, in the world, in our own lives. Maybe you're passing through a difficult time, but I want you to know this Christmas, God prepares hope to illuminate dark paths. Before Mary and Joseph ever starting, uh, started walking to Bethlehem, God had planted seeds of hope in their lives. God has planted seeds of hope in our lives too, but it's easy to forget that when we feel like everything around us is dark and we're stuck, we don't have anywhere to go, but I want you to know that this Christmas, if we can just stop for a moment and realize that if we'll put our trust in God, there is hope. God is preparing hope to illuminate dark paths. Mary and Joseph show us this in the Christmas story. And if we go on, we'll see something else that God is preparing. Look at Luke 2, 4 through 5. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Think about this. God prepares hope found in unlikely heroes. I love Christmas because God prepares hope found in unlikely heroes. Has it ever kind of blown your mind that God chose not to share all the details of what was coming up with Mary and Joseph? Has it ever kind of rattled around in your head a little bit thinking 
It took a lot for a young Mary and Joseph to trust God when they didn't really have a lot to go on. God needed Mary and Joseph to completely embrace the ordinary until God made it miraculously extraordinary. Have you ever wondered why God chose Mary and Joseph? Why would a young woman, 15 years old, 16 years old, and a law-abiding Jewish carpenter become God's first choice as the mother of the Son of God and Joseph the earthly father, the earthly guardian of Jesus? Why didn't God select a family of Jewish influence? Now, yeah, I mean, you know, Joseph had the, the lineage right, but the son of a carpenter is a far, is, is far from bragging rights in saying, hey, King David was my ancestor. Our next insight emerges. I love Christmas because God prepares hope found in unlikely heroes. Who's your unlikely hero? Who is your unlikely hero? Who is the person over the last few months that has really been an encourager for you? You didn't realize that person cared so much about you. You didn't realize that someone even knew the struggles that you were going through. Who is your unlikely hero? I, I just have to stop and think for a moment. Before the Messiah could ever arrive on this earth, God was preparing Mary to be the mother of the Messiah. Joseph to be Jesus' earthly dad. Clearly, no human would have ever chosen Mary as the mother and Joseph as the dad, the guardian, the overseers of the Son of God. In fact, if there had been a Twitter poll, they wouldn't have come out on top. And yet God, for good reason, chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus, and he chose Joseph to watch over them, to be there for them. In fact, when I think about the two of them, I think of them as two of the most unlikely heroes that God could have ever chosen. You may think you're an unlikely hero in this Christmas season. But I want to encourage you. I love Christmas because God prepares hope in unlikely heroes like you and like me. There are people all over the world. There are people right here in our world that need to know that there is hope. There is someone that needs encouragement because their year has been so hard. There is someone that God is going to bring into your life, maybe in a brief encounter, that needs to know that God is real and God is going to use you in the most unlikely place 
at the most unlikely time. And all we have to do is step up with the message of God's love and God's grace to bring hope in this season. It's happened to me on numerous occasions. It's happened to me where all of a sudden where I was tired, I was overwhelmed, I was, I was going through a difficult time, someone would text me, someone would write me, someone would, I, a stranger I didn't even know somehow had a word that I knew was from God. That's Mary and Joseph, two young people. It's not about age. It's not about economics. It's not about social status. It's about being available to God with the hope that God is prepared to share one person to another. All that you and I have to be willing to do is say yes. God prepares hope in unlikely heroes. I love Christmas because God also prepares something else. Let's finish out this story in Luke 2, 6 through 7. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Here's the other reason I love Christmas. I love Christmas because God prepares hope for new beginnings. The royal city of David was five miles down the road. Do you understand that? Jerusalem, that had been taken over by the Romans, was only five miles down the road from Bethlehem. But Emmanuel was not slated to be born in a palace. The Son of God was not slated to be born amongst royalty, people of power. No, when I think about this story, I realize every detail was well-planned by God. And when I think about how essential hope is in this story, I'm reminded of two essential elements that we just can't take for granted no matter how many times we've heard the story. The first is the end. The traveler's lodge in Bethlehem accepted the best and the worst of all visitors. When Mary and Joseph were told that the inn was full, the, the denial of a room must have been so disheartening. I mean, come on. If I'd been Joseph, I would have been wondering, is God just winging it? Did, did, didn't he at least have a room prepared? It seems crazy to me. And I can't even imagine what Joseph was thinking when he was told that there were no vacancies. But notice, and, and I, sometimes I overlook this, even though I've read this story so many times, Joseph never gave up hope. Joseph didn't say we should turn around and go home. This is the guy who didn't even want to take Mary as his wife when he found out that she was pregnant. But now he's full of hope, and if there was no room in an inn, a stable would do. God actually chose a stable for the Messiah to be born for one important reason. God refused to shelter his 
one and only son from the harsh realities of a sinful world in need of a Savior. Jesus' first breath of air would not be fresh. It would be the foul odors of a barnyard. And then think about this other detail, the the manger. Literally, it means a crib for fodder. How many of you had to prepare the nursery, the baby's room, for when you brought your kids home? Did you do it? I mean, come on. I, we painted and we put, I put a crib together and we had it all the way it needed to. In fact, we were grandparents. I had to get a, a, a preparation going on for our first grandbaby. Man, everything was right. Everything was shiny and beautiful and smelled good and welcoming. This was not the first encounter that Jesus would have. It was a crib where animals ate and slobbered and there was bacteria. But the manger, although dirty, was the perfect place for a miracle. Only Jesus could reclaim what was unclean and transform it into a vessel of hope. Despite all the things that were wrong, everything was all right. Can I just say that to you again? Despite all the things that are wrong, everything is all right when our hope is in Jesus Christ. A feeding trough became a royal bassinet, and the message is clear. God has an unending supply of hope today, right now. In fact, if you are the most hopeless person in the room, God is shining on on your dark path. He's illuminating it with hope. God is preparing hope and unlikely heroes to encourage us. And God is preparing hope for new beginnings. There's a truth that I don't want you to miss. Never forget that God blesses us with hope to water the seeds of new beginnings. Hope is always the inspiration God is ready to give when our hearts are fertile for planting. Our minds are curious and open. And our feet are ready to follow God into a new future. God is always preparing the gift of hope For anyone who will believe. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God is preparing you for a new beginning? Do you see the seeds that God has planted? Yes, it feels like winter in your life. But God has planted seeds of hope. He doesn't want us to become overwhelmed by the darkness that surrounds us. Instead, God is wanting us to receive the hope that he's prepared for us. And God wants us to share the hope that he is preparing us to give to others. Fear and worry have a way of filling up the empty spaces in our hearts and minds. And if we're not careful, we'll light up a no vacancy sign for Jesus. 
We'll tell them there's no room for hope in our hearts. But that's not what God wants. God is already working from our future back to where we are today. And whatever you're going through, do not give up on hope. Where there appeared to be no room, God provided for Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born in a manger, and still today, God is preparing hope if we'll just put our trust in him. I was reading a story about a single mom with two teenagers. Her name is Connie. Connie was working two jobs to make ends meet, and she was going to school at night online in order to get her college degree. She was exhausted. Life in everything was a struggle. In fact, she said the light at the end of the tunnel sometimes seemed very dim indeed. There's that darkness of hopelessness. But one day she drove home thinking right before the holidays how she could make everything fun for her family. And when she drove up to the house, there was a huge Christmas basket of all kinds of foods. It was, it was amazing. Her heart lit up. A, a glimmer of hope began to just come alive in her. Someone had been thinking about them. And the timing couldn't have been better. It would go a long way to helping them have a little room before the next paycheck, and to prepare for a Merry Christmas. But then all of a sudden, this thought went through her mind. Well, is there somebody worse off than me that needs this basket? Wow, what a giver Connie really was. And immediately she thought of her grandparents and Aunt Shirley. Aunt Shirley was deaf, and they relied on combining their meager social security and disability to get through life. And as she thought about it, Connie picked up the basket, put it in the car, and drove over to her grandparents. And her grandmother's smile was angelic. She said, this is going to make such a big difference Connie, thank you so very much. But then her grandmother said, well, what about you, Connie, and the kids? She goes, we'll be fine. And she thought, as she was leaving her grandmother, she thought, I'll pick up some extra hours. I'll do something. It, it will all be okay. And then, as the worries began to fill her mind on the drive home, soon Connie found herself driving up into the driveway and she couldn't believe her eyes because there on the porch was another identical basket. Can you believe it? Immediately, the hope of Christmas filled her heart. 
Now, folks, I don't believe in coincidence, and I certainly don't believe in luck. I believe that God prepares hope for each of us if we'll put our faith and our trust in him. That's what I want to do this morning. I want us to bow our heads as we close out our time together. And I want you to just know that God has prepared hope for you. Maybe you feel hopeless. You haven't seen it yet. I want to challenge you to make room for Jesus in this Christmas season. Instead of focusing on the fears and the negativity, let's really decide to have the best of the best this Christmas season. Not because of a lot of presents or gifts or food or decorations on a tree. But let's make room for hope. Because God has prepared it. In dark places, with unlikely heroes, and there are new beginnings starting right now. Let me pray for us. Father God, I pray for these new beginnings. I pray that new beginnings would start right now. Because that's what Jesus has shared with us. There are new beginnings that we can't let go of. We can't push them aside. Oh, it's, it's, maybe it's been a difficult year. But there is hope if we will just trust in you, Jesus. So that's my first part of the prayer. If there's anyone who has not asked you, Jesus, to be their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do that right now online. And God, as soon as they ask Jesus into their heart, I pray that there would be a new hope for a new beginning. And Father, I also pray for those that know Jesus, that are coming into the holidays, which can be such a time of struggle. I pray that we would encourage each other, love on each other, and that there would be hope that could abound. Because you're an amazing God getting ready to do incredible things. But we have to believe, and all it takes is one seed of hope. So Father, you're preparing the way and we're going to put our faith and trust in you just like Mary and Joseph. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much. It is incredible to share this season with you. I am honored and it is a privilege to be a part of your journey. I pray that God would bless you, continue to walk with us through this series, reach out to Pastor Liz online right now, let her know if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, but also just let her know that you're there so that we can be praying for you. Tell us your name. Connect with us because this is a season of hope and you're not alone. Until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.